0: And we won't have to no more Welcome to Tavern y'all A weekly podcast about the stories we share while on pilgrimage as queer Catholics I'm Jacob Flores And um, I am, I think, two out of three completed of the Texas Two-Step But doing the live instead of
1: fly version Is that right? Wait, you think the Texas Two-Step has three steps? No, isn't the Texas two-step like going from like Austin, Dallas, Houston, flying back and forth? Oh, sure, yeah. yeah. So I'm That's, two out of three. <laughs> That's a very internal uh, Southwest the Airlines. Uh, oh, I company thought, term. I thought uh, that was like that is not a universal Texas thing, but. Hey, I I appreciate the company pride you uh, are bringing into this. uh, The more you know. We (laughs) learn something new every day. So for anybody who doesn't know, the Texas Two-Step was the original route that Southwest Airlines flew between Dallas, Houston, and San Antonio. So (laughs) there you go. I'm going to have to fact check that one. (laughs) All right. Well, I'm Patrick Flores. I'm his husband. And I have come back to my roots. We are uh, broadcasting from... Dallas, Texas, y'all. Unfortunately, we're no longer Austinites. We've moved to Dallas to to try things out for a little bit. And uh, this is where all the Catholic magic happened back in my youth and where I was terrified of being gay. So we're going to try it again and uh, see if I don't get a little braver. So, yeah, no more um, denim jackets and music
0: festivals and street tacos. Now we're here for uh, what I I think of as uh, the place where $30,000 $30,000 salary millionaires live in McMansions. It's fair. It's fair. <laughs> I'm excited.
1: All right, y'all. So because we just moved this past week, we unfortunately didn't have time to do an interview. So Jacob and I are going to share some some stories with y'all. The uh, This is going to be a bit of a shorter episode in general, but we wanted to make sure we we hung out with y'all a little bit this week. So, because our podcast is called Tabard Inn, it's, uh, we take our name from the Canterbury Tales, and we like to share stories about what inspires us as uh, Catholics along our, our pilgrimage here in this church. So, what we've done is we've taken a handful of questions and put them into a hat. And I'm going to make Jacob choose one of them now, and he's going to have to answer Wait, a I question gotta go first. You are absolutely up to bat first. Oh, uh, man. Okay. This better be a good one.
0: <laughs> oh. All right. So am I just going to read it out? and Re- Read the question. All right. So my first question uh, that I picked out was, what topic are you interested in that most people
1: aren't? I am going to have to say urban planning. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, right? How did you get interested in <laughs> urban planning and... Just how interested in urban planning are you, for those who may not know?
0: Okay, so uh, my dad was an engineer. Growing up, he would make me draw blueprints of our house and use a T-square. And he was very... Um, he was a rigid man. Sure. Um, but anyways, uh, I wanted to go to architecture school uh, while I was going to fine art school. And realize, starting art school actually not starting art school, but going through art school and then having to start over to get the requisites to get into architecture school Yeah, and then hearing everybody's miserable stories of what it's like when you graduate architecture school made me just think like, okay, I, I don't want to go into architecture. Okay. Um, so, uh, and I realized like, yeah, I do like pretty buildings. That's not what the profession of architecture is going to be like. So, um, I thought about what it is that I actually like and it's the it's the urban environment that that surrounds these beautiful buildings yeah. that I, I enjoy the most. And it's the public spaces, um, how cities, how society uses those public spaces. Um, and I can get really worked up about mass transit and, you know, good ways of doing it, bad ways of doing it, um, you know, interstates that cut urban centers directly in half like Seattle, which I
1: freaking hated. Um, but yeah, just... I can go on. Did we stop swearing when we moved to Dallas? Are we... Yeah. We're, go- we're coming back to your Catholic roots, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> Let's scandalize them a little more. <laughs>
0: uh, yeah. So, yeah. I can get pretty worked up. What and... is,
1: what is the, uh, in your mind, the best planned city that you have been to? Oh, God.
0: there There isn't one that I've been to. Um, my... <laughs> Because there's a lot of different stuff that goes into it. Right. There's There's redlining. Uh, if you don't know what that is, look it up. It's it's really shady stuff. It sucks. Um, but yeah, I would say I fell in love with San Francisco first. Mm-hmm. New York and Chicago might be my two second favorite cities. Right. But recently, my most uh, recent visit to... Chicago, uh, actually, my most recent visit to San Francisco really was not not that great yeah so i don't know i'm just gonna have to use those southwest uh free companion
1: benefits that i have now that we're married absolutely we are in search of the perfectly planned urban city okay your turn your turn your turn your turn all right my question is who inspires you to be a better catholic lady gaga absolutely The fact that Lady Gaga can be so fucking cool and so fucking good at music and also be an active practicing Catholic makes me realize that like any attempts that I have at creating things, but then I'm also like, "Mm, is this pushing the boundaries? Is this going to make the folks who are judging me over my Catholicism feel weird? Is she still practicing? Yeah, she goes to Mass every Sunday. I mean, maybe not during the pandemic, but she does. Um, what a queen. I've heard in, in in interviews that she does. So what a queen! Um, yeah, the fact that she can be who she is and still be a badass Catholic, I can do better. So yeah, sure, absolutely, Lady Gaga. Okay, I will what was say, your answer? Mm, I would say lately, as a like kind of larger than life saint type figure, Dorothy Day looms large in my imagination as somebody who. Was a strong intellectual thinker who didn't let her past hold her back and who also was utterly unimpressed and did not focus at all on like the intellectual side of things. Like she really just cared about helping poor people. Mm -hmm. Like it was about making a more just society and doing the things on the ground and coming in like, into contact with people every day that needed help. And, like, even the fact that she was, like, a a writer and had this whole... Like, she could have been probably an even bigger, you know, Catholic thinker that... uh, But, like, day in, day out, she just spent her time doing good things and helping real people. She walked the walk rather than talked the talk. That is something that... I, I struggle with because I live in my head a lot. But also, like I'm deeply inspired, and when I think of like what a more authentic version of myself would look like, it's often like Like Dorothy. You need to go out and like cut the shit and just go help some people.
0: My little anarchist husband. Absolutely. Hey. (laughs) Fuck the system. (laughs) (laughs) All right, one more for you. One more. Oh, this better be a good one. (laughs) What is the most beautiful church you've ever been in, and how did it make you feel? Ah. St. James. I'm kidding. (laughs) I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, Although St. James is very beautiful, albeit albeit the uh, weird reddish marble and gold that Mm. they have everywhere. It's it's beautiful. But... um, uh, I don't want to say St. Patrick's, New York. Mm, I don't want to say the cathedral in San Francisco because it was way too modern and uh-huh. stark. and um, had a really bad vibe there. I really like
1: Oakland's cathedral right across the bay there.
0: Uh, was it Mary Assumption? I forget the name in, uh, I in Oakland. Yeah, okay. I
1: can't think of the name.
0: I don't know. Um, if it's the entire... Church itself, yeah. I'm gonna say, based on uh, just on its face aesthetics, okay. I I would say Saint Austin or not Saint Austin. Oh, Saint Mary, Saint Mary's Cathedral. <laughs> Sorry, Saint Austin, uh, Saint Mary Cathedral in Austin. Um, what stands out the most is the uh, the blue and gold mm. uh, ceiling, yeah, above the altar. Beautiful star, star yeah, escape. and and it's overall it's just a very dark and gothic building, um, but juxtaposed with very, very vibrant um, stained glass. Right. Uh, Beautiful, beautiful stained glass. glass. I don't like the Mary stained glass all the way in the front. It's a little too modern. Um, But overall, I would say St. Mary's in Austin. But uh, what moved me the most, I would say, is the... The Marian Chapel. Um,
1: would you consider it a chapel
0: at St. James? Yeah, in Seattle? it's a it's a side chapel, side for chapel. Sure. Yeah, I'll post a photo on uh, in the Slack room in the Slack community. And, we'll we'll and put it in the on show on notes Instagram too. too. We'll, yeah, um, but it's kind of the the room. It it serves a very pivotal moment in me finding my faith yeah. and jumping into it. The room itself is is quite small. It's lined with candle holders and a very beautiful Marian statue uh, with baby Jesus. And it, it's, it's very beautiful. It's dark, but it has this very consoling feel to it. If Pat could never find... If Pat ever lost me at Mass, he knows where to find yeah, it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I would, I would check the Marian Chapel first. Second is the bookstore. <laughs>
0: It's one of those two places. Oh, so I can get my 10,000 prayer cards? (laughs) (laughs) And your Magnificat? (laughs) True, true. Which was the... Quick uh, quick question. Quick follow-up question.
1: What would you say is the most beautiful, non-religious, so so secular space... Yes. Uh, ...that gave you some kind of uh, spiritual feels a little bit? Like, there was something about it that you... Uh, you, you, you sensed a little bit of the divine deep down inside. More
0: of like a spiritual but not religious kind of feel or just spiritual in general? It can be spiritual, yeah. spiritual. Uh, queer spaces. Uh, so uh, let me, I'll go back to, I believe it was 2006 or seven. I think it was six. It was 21. Mm-hmm. I went to my first Pride, official Pride, um, and it was in San Francisco, San Francisco of all places. Were, so, you, were
1: you alone? Were you with friends?
0: No, I was with my best friend at the time, yeah. and his partner, yeah. Uh, that they, they were together for like 12, 14 years. They were they were like my mother hens uh, of sorts, sure. So they took me to my first huge pride. It was in San Francisco, which was really great. Um, and then we went to a party afterwards, a, a kind of a an event, and it was, I believe, it was at a place called Ruby Sky. And it's an old theater with... I think they did operas there or, you know, shows. Yeah. um, Around the top... So, there's a dome, which was ornate. And then around um, the perimeter, the circumference of the interior, there was stained glass. Beautiful. So, there's lights, dancing, loud music, pumping, just a bunch of gross gay men dancing. I mean, it was... It wasn't like my scene, but it was just beautiful. It was a beautiful experience to be there and right. just uh, feel everybody um really just let go and not worry about being in a space that they don't feel welcome. Yeah. People were were so open, so like open to chat. We we took a lot of breaks from dancing and went upstairs and everyone, you know, everyone wanted to be your friend. Mm. And it was just such a beautiful experience. It's awesome. But yeah, um, a little bit of...
1: Uh, a little slice of heaven there, I think. Yeah, religious overtones with the stained glass, but you know, juxtapose it with, uh, I don't know,
0: some people may call it hedonism. <laughs> All right, your turn.
1: All right, so my question is, who was the first saint you really prayed to? I can think... I'm sure I prayed to saints when I was a little kid. Like I, I'm i sure, like I went to Catholic school, first to second grade. I'm sure they they had us saying some prayers. But when I was in high school, after I had a conversion experience and I kind of gave up being gay, and my mom and I went on a pilgrimage to thank Mary for like the miracle of coming back to the church and my faith. So we went on a pilgrimage to France, Spain, and Portugal, majority of which were supposed to be like Mary St. visits. But we, we landed in Paris in the very first place that the pilgrimage that we were going on, they organized a visit to St. Vincent de Paul's tomb in Paris, which, you know, he's known for uh, serving the poor But you go into the chapel where his remains are, and he's kind of like up high, and you can walk up and get close. And his skeleton, I guess, is there, but they've got like a wax figure over it. So you like, basically, it looks like you're seeing his body. And that was the first time that like, the saints became a real thing of like, oh, this was a real person. Because like, when you're a kid, the saints are so Mm -hmm. ethereal and almost... You know, they're, they're mythical. They they don't mm. seem like real humans. And it was the first time that it became a reality of, like, this is a person Tangible, who yeah. lived w- one day. And even though, like, I know his name and I've been taught to pray to him, this is exactly where his bones are, are laid. And, and this these were the, what he did in the city and everything. So that was probably the first time that I really then had a prayer and was, like, felt like I was talking to somebody. Like, it was me actually... Trying to communicate with this person, kind of across, you know, across the decades, across everything, and um, I remember it being kind of of special and very intimate. And even though I didn't totally understand what was going on, I was still very, very young, kind of in my my faith and in any attempts to to make it real. But it it felt a lot more personal. Do you
0: remember what you prayed to him for? Not
1: at all. I remember, like, I I think it was just a very generic prayer, but, like, I remember actually trying to have a conversation with him instead of just reciting a Hail Mary or doing something Mm -hmm. kind of rote and typically Catholic. He looks very peaceful in his uh, tomb. In his little uh, glass glass casket. Um, Yeah, it's a nice little chapel.
0: So, knowing that I will outlive you and become a 200-year-old little asian man <laughs> how do you want to be buried do you want to be buried do you want to be cremated well, do you want is, to- this is a fun little quiz i've told you this I know, do you I remember I, I i remember but okay. or do you want to be uh do you want your bones to be displayed like in the catacombs of uh, italy or
1: Well, in absolutely no way do I want to be on display for anybody to come visit. You You can be embalmed. You can come visit me from from six feet above, but I do not want to be uh, on display in any way, shape, or form. So I would like to put you in your Southwest Airlines uniform. (laughs) (laughs) I want a simple pine wood casket, and that is all I want. And then put me in the ground.
0: Are we embalming you?
1: There will be no embalming unless I smell. And then you're welcome to embalm me. Um all right. Gonna
0: gonna throw you a big after solemn mass party. <laughs> I would like to give a, a quick apology to those who have ordered prayer cards from the Vinepick store. As we've mentioned, we are in the middle, we're not in the middle of the move, we're at the tail end of our move, so we're just getting settled, so prayer cards will be sent out this week, and emails regarding orders will be answered very shortly, so...
1: Apologies, y'all, we, uh, we finally got set up, and we can make some more prayer cards and get those sent out shortly. Tabardine is a podcast by Vine and Fig, an affirming community and resource for queer Catholics.
0: You can find us on social media at Vine and, Fig Co and on our website at vineandfig.co,
1: dc.co, whatever you want to say. And you can support the podcast by donating to Vine and Fig on Patreon or by leaving a review for Tabardin on Apple Podcasts. That's it for us this week on Tabardin. Thanks for listening, y'all. I want to be buried
0: under a target.
1: With your red card?
0: <laughs> 5% off. <laughs> Do I get 5% off of my uh, coffin?
1: Uh, yeah, but knowing them, they're going to mess up the order, <laughs> and I'll be dealing with the surcharges and the, the APR. The A- <laughs>